on Perth 6PR, this is Remember When with Harvey Deegan. And Richard, often remember those hot summer nights when you'd go to the Swan River and try and catch some prawns. You'd go to places like Point Water, Crawley Bay, Melville Beach, or might go further afield like the estuary at Mandura. You'd wait for the sun to go down and take it in turns to take the prawn net out to drag. If you were unlucky, you'd be at the deep end of the net. Then you'd bring the prawns up onto the beach, sorting them, getting rid of the unwanted jellyfish and blowfish. Yuck. (laughs) The prawns were then cooked and eaten. Of course, if you didn't catch enough, there was always a quick trip to the fish and chip shop. Perth and WA more generally has a long history with prawns and catching prawns and we welcome Gerard Foley, Senior Archivist at the State Records Office, who is going to talk about this as revealed in WA's State Archives. Welcome Gerard. Um, Thank you Richard. Um, I'm pleased to be here tonight to talk about the unlikely quite interesting history of prawns and prawning industry in WA. I picked this topic because I do remember um, doing a bit of prawning when I was a kid with some family friends. And I have to admit, I did not enjoy being at the deep end of the prawning (laughs) net at all. It was really quite scary. But anyway, but I was very happy to eat the prawns afterwards. Yeah, that's usually the thing, isn't it? Uh, So I understand that people in WA have been catching prawns for a very, very long time. Yes, I mean, obviously Aboriginal people have been catching prawns in the Swan and Mandra estuaries and around the WA coast for many thousands of years. Um, For example, the season of Bunaroo, which corresponds to February and March, was considered by Nyungar people to be the best time to catch prawns. And um, they had cultural fishing fishing practices which had been handed down for hundreds of generations about the best time to fish and how to keep supplies of shellfish, including prawns, sustainable. Um, Also, seasonality and sustainability of of fisheries and shellfish was also something well understood by the early settlers who came to WA in the 19th century because in England there were traditional restrictions on numbers and seasons for hunting and fishing, some of which went right back to medieval times. But um, very early settlers to WA marvelled in particular at the abundance of seafood. Um, In 1876, it was reported in the newspaper, The Swan Guardian, that the waters around Rottneston Garden Islands and the Swan and Murray estuaries, and I'm quoting here, team with fish, rock cod, jewfish, snapper, herring frequently taken in boatloads, the tailorfish, the skipjack, and it went on to say salmon, mullet, whiting, sea brim, perch or yellowtails, sea and freshwater cobbler, a fish called the flathead, cuttlefish, squid is to be found, including sea and freshwater, crayfish, sea crabs and land crabs at the Murray River. It added, and this is where we're talking about tonight, there is likewise an abundance of shrimps and prawns which live both in salt and fresh water. And 
this abundance was acknowledged very early on. One of the earliest maps of the Swan River shows that there was a prawn bay on the north side of the river, very close to where Stirling Bridge now crosses the river at North Fremantle. And it wasn't far, far from another bay named after another crustacean, the Crab, and Crab Bay was close to where the Fremantle Railway Bridge is now on the same side, northern side of the river. Yeah, you can just imagine that these people from Great Britain thought all their Christmases had come as once um, as a, a youngster fishing for shrimps as we did in the freezing cold English Channel. <laughs> this would have been a much more pleasant experience, wouldn't it? But when did local authorities start to take notice of prawn fishing in Western Australia? Well, um, in 1876, the West Australian Legislative Council passed an act to regulate prawn fishing. During the 1860s and 70s, um, there were ordinances and laws were enacted to regulate game hunting, um, oyster fishing, etc. And many of these were based on the old English laws. Um, it seems the regulations restricting hunting and fishing covered what they thought of as the breeding seasons of, of, of fishes and, and animals. The WA's Prawn Fishing Act said that it shall not be lawful to kill, take or destroy shrimps or prawns in any waters of the colony or to use any nets, lines, engines or instruments for the purposes between the first day of May and the 30th day of November in any year. And the fine, um, if, you, if you did that, was up to £5, which is about $1,500 in today's money. The Prawn Fishing Act didn't say how you could catch prawns or couldn't catch prawns or mention any limits. So it wasn't until an amendment of the Fisheries Act in 1899 that the catching of crustaceans, which includes prawns, became further regulated through restrictions on the size of catches and the use of nets and mesh, which is the, the gap between the threads of the net. And in 1899, after much deliberation, prawn nets in the Swan and Canning Rivers were could be up to 25 fathoms long, which is 45 metres, and the mesh not less than one half inch. So prawns under half an inch would not be caught. Um, 45 metres is quite quite long. It certainly <laughs> is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of net. <laughs> that is. Um, at this time, the fisheries department had also commenced and when four officers in 1893 were appointed and it was headed by a commissioner of fisheries. And interestingly, the earliest record of the department, of the fisheries department in the State Archives collection is a small collection of photographs of the Abrolhos Islands taken in 1894. Um, but there's no real correspondence about prawns in the records. I went through them. Um, the first letter I found was dated 12th of March 1918 and the Inspector of Fisheries at Bunbury, Mr Eaton, um, is, is, has answering a query from the Chief, Chief Inspector in Perth and um, who had asked if there was prawns in, in the Bunbury area. And he writes that there's always been prawns in these waters, but as far as I know, the waters have never been tested with a prawn net. So he goes on to say that, therefore, it's impossible to tell whether there's any in any payable quantity. And... 
And later in the file, it said Mr. Eaton did use the cornet, but the, apparently the results were not very good. So at that point, perhaps we might go and make a prawn cocktail <laughs> while we pay some bills. <laughs> this is Remember When with Harvey Deegan on Perth 6PR. Our special guest is Gerard Foley, who's talking about the prawn industry. Now, Gerard, these days, WA has a commercial prawn industry, which is based largely in the northwest of the state. When did the commercial prawn fishing start in earnest? Well, um, fisheries department records are pretty quiet about the prawn industry until about the 1940s. And there's a letter dated in 1944 and there's been queries from Sydney um, saying, you know, asking about prawns in Western Australia. And they, in the response, it says, you know, all the prawns marketed in this state are from the Swan and Mandra estuaries. Supplies from these centres have not been sufficient to meet local requirements, which implies that prawns are also being imported. Mm. But by the late 1940s, um, investigations started trying to work out the numbers of prawns along the WA coast and if there, you know, if, if there was any commercial viability in a prawning industry. And in 1950, there's correspondence from the Chief Inspector of Fisheries about a proposal for a trawl net for experimental purposes being used by the CSIRO in cooperation with the WA Department of Fisheries. In, and it says in northern waters, particularly in the area line between Shark Bay and Port Headland. And then in 1952, it's reported that these experimental trawls, and I quote, have established the possibility of founding a deep sea prawning industry in Western Australia. So obviously there was success there. And this resulted in further research and a ship called the MV Lancelin was used for a three-year prawn survey of the northwest coast. And in the file, there's also other investigations as to the presence of prawns in places like Ledge Point, Kumbana Bay, Bremer Bay and Geraldton. What, what really interested me in the file was that there was a lot of scientific research that went into establishing a commercial prawning industry in um, WA. They reveal a lot about the science of you can just imagine it, can't you? Somebody asking somebody else, what do you do for a living? I'm a prawn counter. <laughs> <laughs> so what yes, happened next? Right. Well, in the 1960s, after all this research, the commercial prawning industry takes, so, takes off. And most of it is centred first in Shark Bay, then Exmouth Gulf, and king tiger and banana prawns are being caught. Later in, in the Kimberley and Nickel Bay area in the Pilbara that they come into play as far as areas for commercial fishing. And in the files, there's, a, there's quite a lot of correspondence from places like America and Japan about the possibility of international exports. And then um, frozen samples are sent of WA prawns and the response from those markets is very positive. In, by 1966, the records show that there's 47 fishing boats licensed to trawl for prawns in Shark Bay and Exmouth Gulf. 
And in 1967, there's three processing factories are listed, one in Carnarvon, run by Norwest Whaling Company, one in Point Samson near Cossack, and another in Learmonth, run by Kalis. And in 1968, it's reported that there's three million pounds of prawns, about 1,350 tonnes worth, about one in those days $1.15 million being caught commercially in the northwest of WA. There were also, at the same time, they in the files, they're very, they stress that there are measures in place to protect immature, immature prawns from exploitation. So they're very, they go on about sustainability. And then the fame of West Australian prawns, um, you know, gets very international, even in the UK. And there are letters from London asking where they could get tiger and banana prawns. Incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Our <Yes>. fame spread. <laughs> That's right. And then, of course, today, commercial prawn fish- fisheries in WA catch more than 2,000 tonnes of prawns a year and it has a commercial value of at least $35 million. That's the last figure I could get, which was 2016. It's probably more now. Probably. Most, yeah. of, the, most of the fishing takes... And interesting, most of the fishing of prawns takes place at night, except for some north coast fisheries which focus on banana prawns. Banana prawns are caught mostly during the day, apparently. Mm. And um, these prawn catches are processed at sea and frozen, cooked or raw, and um, a lot of that, you know, most of the, most of the large prawns, especially, are, are exported. But in more recent times, national and local markets have become more important. Two thousand tons is a lot of prawns, isn't it? You reckon? That's right. You'd need a lot of cocktail sauce for that <laughs> lot. <laughs> Jared, thank you. That that really is interesting history. It, it probably explains the appearance of dishes like the prawn cocktail and garlic prawns in the late 60s and 70s here. And I know today that there's competition from imported products, mainly prawns grown through aquaculture. But if you want really good prawns, it's best to go West Australian, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Gerard, can I just uh, croak? A Mr. Quick, Croak, a quick question. Um, if people want to learn more from your records in the State Records Office, what should they do? Well, they can um, they get onto our website at www.sro.wa.gov.au or if they just did a Google search State Records Office of Western Australia, they'll find our our, our webpage and you can search on the catalogue on all various things including prawns and there's actually quite a lot of files about prawns in the state archives collection yeah but if i can say just a little warning you'll find that you spend ages in the state records office website because you go to look at prawns and you find something more interesting and more interesting it's brilliant thank you very much indeed thank you very much